You're listening to WRIR LP 97.3 FM, Richmond Independent Radio, and this is RVA Report, WRIR's weekly current affairs talk show where community thought and political leaders gather to weigh in on the headlines, their significance, and where they might take us tomorrow. But first, the news. For Richmond Public Media, I'm Brittany Tracy, and here's the news. This is the fourth episode of our November series on young adult literature in Virginia, presenting short biographies of local authors, advice from librarians, reactions from readers, and book talks on new publications. Lucinda Whitehurst is the lower school librarian at St. Christopher's School and a member of the 2015 Newberry Committee. She talked to Richmond Public Media about how she, as a librarian, takes care to match children with the right books for them. She says that, especially today, books should be chosen not only with respect to reading ability, but to issues that are on the appropriate developmental level for the interested child. Lucinda Whitehurst. It's very difficult with this genre because it's stretching. You know, you used to kind of think of a young adult book as being for teenagers. Okay, well, 13 is really different than 18. But now that the books are kind of stretching older and you're getting kids who are in their late teens and early 20s, then what is appropriate for them is definitely not the same as for a 13, 14-year-old or 12-year-old. So it, it becomes a really important issue for parents because with the young kids, like even upper elementary, middle school, they're attracted to these books, especially the ones that become movies um, because there's marketing. But the themes may be way more than parents want to get into. To assure that parents promote well-suited reading experiences for their child and don't allow improper overexposure, parents might read books they're unsure of first. This is a helpful exercise in relatability regardless, says Whitehurst. I know a lot of parents like to read these books because they feel like it gives them insight into what their kids are going through because the world is a different place than it was 20 years ago. On the other hand, there's no point in finding a book where there aren't problems or conflicts that challenge the characters. It's essential not only that a good book grow the reader's knowledge, enhance their empathy, and expand their perspective, but that the vicarious experience books offer be relevant to the world that today's children inhabit. They may not be living the same life as every character in every book, but they're living the school existence and the friends and the relationships and... You know, if if everything is perfect and no one has any problems, it doesn't take long for someone to decide that book's not very honest. The James River Filmmakers Forum for Fall 2013 will be held on Saturday, November 16th at the Visual Arts Center. Screenings include Hunter Brumfield's The Flavor of Love, Christine Stoddard's Raven Moore, Tammy Kinsey's Reflections of Rapa Nui, and James Matisse's Over Cream. And these filmmakers will take questions from the audience afterward. Admission is $3. Popcorn is free. The Visual Arts Center is located at 1812 West Main. For more information, visit www.jamesriverfilm.org. On Monday, Mayor Dwight C. Jones threw out the first pitch in what is certain to be another long season of baseball debates. Lord knows the preseason was long enough. So how did this pitch land? 
The call has yet to be made, but it looked a lot straighter than the last baseball proposal five or so years ago. Of course there's the centerpiece stadium and the seemingly requisite hotel, but there's more this time. More than 700 apartments, and perhaps more intriguing even than the baseball, a Kroger. A real, honest-to-goodness grocery store. Right there in the bottom. There was something in this for everyone. Almost everyone. In fact, at Monday's grand announcement, it wasn't hard to find opposition. But it was hard to find opposition with political clout. Perhaps the most important part of Jones' baseball game is that he's acquired most of his opponent's best players. Historian, check. No less than Ed Ayers, scholar, author, and president of University of Richmond. Activists in favor of preserving the bottom as a historic site important to the African-American slave trade? Most definitely. Delegate Dolores McQuinn, head of the Slave Trail Commission, now bats cleanup for Jones. So can Mayor Jones make Shaco baseball Richmond's favorite pastime instead of its favorite waste of time? I have with me today Josh Dare. He's with the Hodges Partnership, uh, which happens to be located just beyond right field of the proposed Shaco Bottom Baseball Diamond. And we just learned that his Hodges Partnership takes its name from Gil Hodges, a pitcher with the 1969 World Series champion New York Mets. And he's an unabashed baseball fan, obviously. Um, also with Paul Goldman, he's a former advisor to former mayor and governor Doug Wilder, under whose administration the last Shaco baseball proposal was introduced. He's also an unabashed lover of America's favorite pastime, but he's no fan of Shaco baseball. And I'm with Charlie Deardor. He's my co-host and an advocate in the past for baseball remaining on the boulevard. And today, well, he's sitting on that right field fence and he's waiting to hear more. So I guess probably our audience is waiting to hear more, too. I uh, guess maybe start with Charlie. Where are you right now? How's the uh, fence sitting? I, it, it's sharp, um, and it hurts. Uh, Chris, I went down there and, 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 and saw the festivities and saw the negative vibes. And, and they really were festivities, weren't they? Oh, yeah, it was very festive um, with stickers and T-shirts and balloons. Um, on both sides. On, on Well, not no, no the, the anti-side didn't have... Um, Balloons. Anyway, um, I was I, I I was, and am impressed with the level of financial commitment this time that wasn't there last time. Do I still believe that baseball belongs on the boulevard in my heart? Yeah, but I'm a business guy, and I see an opportunity for two nodes of economic development here. Um, so is that is that perch on the fence less sharp right now? It won't be until I hear real numbers. It won't be until I hear real numbers. Paul, I think we should go to you. Paul, what do you think? Baseball, this proposal. You've uh, written a little bit about it already. Shocking. <laughs> in between your what three national columns over the last couple of really years. really cranking them out here got to get back to the local stuff the um well you've been on this um you, I, I'm, well definitely had something to say about this well what we heard from the mayor and uh the other uh cheerleaders was not dissimilar although more money being pledged, um, but not dissimilar from what we heard in 2004 and 2005. 
A lot of top-line numbers. Well, I would imagine that there, there would have to be a certain consistency with then and now. They're, they're, well, it's a baseball diamond. They're, you know, now they're talking about a Kroger. They're talking about more apartments. Um, they're, they're talking about some things to the farmer's market. They're talking about a, a higher level of, I think, of, uh, of investment. It's unclear, though, uh, just who's doing what. They're talking about more money from the TIF district. That, but that, I think, is because they may be using a 520. They're using a longer time frame. I mean, you know, you could go out as long as you want. You're going to get more money. But we don't know any of the, of the bottom line assumptions, when I got the bottom line assumptions working for the mayor after finally saying, look, I would just like to see what you're basing this on. And I understand what your conclusions is, but what about the basis? And once you ran those assumptions, the thing fell apart in about 15 minutes. Hmm. Now, we haven't seen the assumptions. We've just seen what they say, the conclusions. And so, yeah. You're going to get a free baseball stadium, and you're going to get all these jobs and a thousand construction jobs, and you're going to get free. I'd like food. to interrupt because it was interesting Uh-oh. to me yesterday. That was part of the argument, and Josh, you may recall, I, I made four years ago when I was vehemently opposed to this project as it in the iteration that it, it came forth in four years ago. I do recall you being against it. Yeah. Wow, thanks very much. <laughs> really? You remember that? Brian Bostic kept saying you get a free baseball stadium. I never heard the words free baseball stadium uttered from anyone's mouth yet. I think what we heard, what we did hear was that it would be minimal cost to the no, public. No, no, they said that the tax... The taxes that were going to be generated by the TIF district would cover all the public investment. Well, that's free. Isn't that free? Yeah, but they never said the words. Well, sure, they didn't say the word free. I mean, well, but the, I, I'm a look. I love the language. You love the language. I'm telling you, I didn't hear it. So, well, you want to know something? The when they passed Obamacare, they didn't use the word tax, but it came up for the judge to decide whether it was constitutional. He used the word tax. Well, that was the judge's. No, he was exactly right. Well, what's it, a fee? Okay. Is a penalty? Is a tax? If, if right? it quacks like a tax and it walks like a tax and you pay it like a tax, it's not a fee. So when someone tells you, "Oh no, it's not free." But you won't have to pay for it. To me, that sounds like it's free. Okay. Josh, <laughs> follow that. Just kidding. <laughs> Good uh, luck. <laughs> what did you hear yesterday that you hadn't heard before? And what did you hear yesterday that you had heard before? I think the level of, I mean, we've heard for a while that, you know, the mayor had kind of tipped his cards a little bit, that he had had something going on down at the bottom. I didn't have any insight beyond that. Uh, so all the specifics that were laid out yesterday, the Hyatt, the Kroger, the apartments, um, where home plate was, where the mayor was standing, all that level of detail I hadn't, I hadn't heard before. Um, the, the scope of the project was, was new. Um, you know, all the numbers that were thrown around, the assumptions, and then the, the heritage part of it was all new. And I think that was an exciting part to have included in there. What I didn't hear um, that we uh, restate the didn't hear part again. What didn't you hear this time that you 
didn't hear last time. In other what words, did you hear this time? Well, what I heard this time. What did you hear this time that you didn't hear last time? I think you are. Yeah, no, I mean, I, what I heard this time that I didn't hear last time was political support. Uh, and I think that was significant. I mean, we had a mayor yesterday. We have a member of the House of, of Delegates. Um, Dolores champ- McQuinn. Dolores. Uh, championing a, this. You had a state, a U.S. Senator. A U.S. Senator uh, voice being quoted by the mayor. Um, we had everyone uh, rowing in the same direction in the boat yesterday, which we, which is a stark contrast than, than anything we've ever had Excepting before. for a few folks on the sidewalk there who were... And I'm going to say yeah. this tonight, since we do have some uh, airway. I'm going to say I'm going to say something this afternoon. I didn't appreciate. I didn't, did not appreciate. I appreciate the First Amendment. I didn't appreciate the way that was used uh, during the during the press briefing. Explain that. Well, I don't mind being against something, and I don't mind being against something in an intelligent way, and I don't mind using a pulpit that you create or I create to do that within, but to snipe and heckle the mayor, the duly elected mayor of this city during a very important moment in this city's history, whether you agree with him or not, I mean, this is a mayor who went and met with Occupy, sought them out. And I you, noticed and, that and a number you, of them were in that uh, heckling audience. Uh, the Occupy folks, I saw that too. Yeah, I noticed that too. And I'm not condemning them for what they did, but I'm telling them, I, I'm saying I didn't appreciate it very much. And if I had been the mayor, well, I don't but, think I could have held my speak, tongue. I was very impressed with how speak, the mayor held himself to together. To speak, uh, not on their behalf, because I am not on their behalf, but to, to speak, I think, what their thought was. Um, and in fact, I had a, a, a not an occupier, but somebody who is a, a frequent advisor to mayors and political leaders in this city as some of what was transpiring was happening, and specifically when uh, Parney, Parnell was making his statements about, you know, the debate is over, I had this gentleman lean over to me and not very quietly in my ear say, what debate? I don't recall we had a debate. And so it seems like some of those You're occupiers correct. that were there felt a little bit the put off. The mayor's people brought it on the themselves. The they brought it on themselves because the way this comes across, anybody who knows anything about politics, is they waited to talk to all the right people. And when they thought they had enough of all the right people, then they, they're going to announce this thing. And then so we're going to have a discussion. As you may remember, Mr. Lapassi and myself wrote a letter. I always try at least. Anybody can talk after Remind that. us what the letter. Well, the letter said it wasn't fair what you were doing. You should, instead of just tell it, we think the people should have a, had a say before you proposed uh, something that might be a fait accompli. And that's how the mayor and everybody think it is a fait accompli. The reason they had the press conference was really not to announce the baseball stadium. No, Go the, on. The reason they had the press conference was to get McQuinn and indicate that they had the ability to split the opposition in terms of the historic piece, because that, and that's why that was done. That's why they didn't wait for the boulevard, and I think they also have uh, something they're expecting in the state budget. Was there a rush to there, yes, secure I think, McQuinn on yes. stage saying this? Yes, there's no reason for her to have been there. 
why should she necessarily be there and not some other what people? About her, what about her, her position on the slave trail? Well, so, so there's a lot of people that have a position on the slave trail. They weren't up there. It's the fact of the matter is she's a political ally of the mayor, and they need her to support this project. So, of course, she's up there if you're going to promise her $30 million or whatever they're promising for her thing. I mean, come on. What, what, what are we, over with 15 years old? This is what it was done, I believe, there's a good chance that she voted for the governor's transportation package, which shocked most of the other people in her party because there's some connection to what we're going to see. I would be shocked if there isn't some money in the state budget for something along these lines. That, that makes all the sense in the world to me. You've got the, uh, you know, we're celebrating the Civil War, the heritage. You know, um, these things would make a whole lot of sense. Politically, I don't think we're celebrating the Civil War. I think we're celebrating maybe. the end of the Civil well, War. Well, well, commemorating. You know, it's an anniversary of the Civil War. Some people down here are still celebrating the Civil War, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, real quick, something that I noticed, and you had mentioned the people that, that came out and who were there in support as being notable, and that was what was different. Who, in a, in a shorter time frame, who was not there, I thought was equally interesting, you had coming out in opposition of this just a few weeks ago. You had uh, Christy Coleman with Tredegar and uh, um, with the Wait, Museum of the Confederacy. Thank you, Wait Rawls with Museum of the Confederacy, right. both speaking in opposition to it. They were not there yesterday, speaking or I guess protesting in opposition of this, and that seemed notable. Right. I have a lot of respect for the people you just named. It seemed like, though, they, they did open the door, leave the door open a little bit when they made their remarks initially about just generally talking about before, not to this proposal, but general opposition to this. And I think, I, I'm assuming, and I don't have the political astuteness that, that Paul has, but I'm assuming that the uh, addition of Dr. Ayers on the stage was designed to, to counteract uh, the historic uh, opposition that that you that you make well, reference they're trying, to. They're trying to the way you do it politically is you split the opposition. You figure out and and McQuinn wants to be state senator, wants to take over uh, Mr. Marsh's seat if he ever gives it up. Is your ally of the mayor? I think she does. She have the mayor's old seat actually mm -hmm. in the legislature. These things aren't coincidental, as Yogi Berra said who played against Gil Hodges in several World Series. Some things are <laughs> I too, I love it. Too, too coincidental uh, to be a, be a coincidence. And so this is what's happening here. This is a rush to judgment, and um, that's what they want. You, They're figuring, we figure we can bowl over nine members of city council. We got enough horses, and they're trying to make the future of the city of Richmond into baseball and sports. That brings up a very good point. Uh, this now goes to council, and I'm assuming, and Paul, you can give us your expertise on, on this issue. I'm assuming it's going to take three to four months to get this thing voted in or out, right? What do you well, figure? 90 days? It all depends on what the council wants to do. I, th I think they're in a position where they can't look like they're just rubber stamping what they're rubber stamping. Like they, they did and they with the Redskins and they, deal, right? And they did not last night. And I, actually, I was going to mention here, last night at, last night, excuse me, Monday at council, yeah, Monday, Monday at council, um, you had two items on the agenda initially that were supposed to be dealing with the boulevard. This was the uh, bringing back the uh, the diamond into the city's 
um, purview right. from the RMA, right. and both of those items were, were deferred. And then additionally, there was some talk, long talk throughout, like kind of rumblings through the crowd that there was going to be some sort of something having to do with this proposal. It waited until the very end of the agenda, and the reason that we were hearing in the press that, that they were waiting was because there was not enough support on council to have a resolution in support of the mayor uh, and this proposal pass. Well, let's let's get to another or, point. Or at least not enough to make it look let's good. Let's stay on this point no, for a second, I'm, Paul. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting <laughs> to this, but the, uh, the, the fact of the matter is that the mayor's announcement did not keep his promise to the people of the city nor to the city council. What was that promise? The mayor promised that he would propose two plans, mm-hmm. one for the bottom and one for the top. And he never got around to his proposal for a baseball stadium on, in on the boulevard. boulevard. He made a specific point over months, well, I'm not leaning one way or the other, I'm going to propose to. That, he said that to make it seem like you'd have a choice. This whole thing has been orchestrated so that the average person in the city of Richmond does not have a choice. It's a fait accompli. And what's happening on city council is you got guys up there who think they might be mayor, don't know what city, but they think they might be mayor. <laughs> and you have some other people. I think the and, town of Ashland's mayor is for a while. It's okay to laugh. It and, really is. <laughs> and, and there you go. There you go. And, and there, um, all these calculations are going funny. on. These, and, and so that's what's happening. Now, you're going to need seven votes because of the Constitution. They're giving away certain streets and stuff. So that's going to give people some leverage. But at some point, it could very well be that, hey, we've got this plan, we've got this plan, and, you know, I guess part of the argument's going to be, well, the the counties don't want to help out with the boulevard and all this stuff, and it's going to be ours. And But the, the thing is here, the mayor and certain people want to put a, a stamp on the city of Richmond. That's why I think a referendum is the only fair thing. As Charlie said, an historic step to redefine where the city's going over the next 20 years. And it looks like instead of concentrating on better schools, bringing certain kinds of manufacturing or other industries into the city, they are saying, well, we're going to bring a thousand construction jobs. Well, you can get that if anything you want to build will get you a thousand construction jobs. They're not permanent. The only permanent jobs were 400, of which probably 395 of them will be shelfing around other people that show up. And and then you got Kroger. Well, wait a minute. If you knock out Johnny Johnson's old place up there, what, on... on um, the, the market. The, the market. market. Yeah. I mean, it's only Farm, so. Farm Fresh is I mean, not they're, happy. That they're they're counting, apparently, we don't know, $6 as, as new taxes, cannibalization <laughs> of taxes that are already there. If you trade five million in taxes at Johnny Johnson's and send them over to Kroger, are they technically new? Yeah. Are they technically not new? Yes, too. Are you, you saying the area can't support two grocery no, stores? No, I'm saying is that. These are things we don't know. Now, well, we do know one thing, Paul, and it was reported in Richmond Biz Sense. Kroger paid $12 million, is going to pay $12 million to be at that site. That tells you a lot. Josh, let me, let me, let me come to you again. Um, 
you're a PR guy, right? Supposedly, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Can wow. you help Paul? That was a confident. Yeah. Paul was, needs no help. I that was a confident. Yeah. <laughs> Paul needs. Paul needs to be in the press right. more. Um, <laughs> I, if I were the co-host of this show, I'd be watching my back. Actually, yeah. um, Chris we, is safe. He's safe. No. Oh, I'm not. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And now I'm going to talk be watching to about, my back. Talk to me about the money. <laughs> you know, I, I don't have that. You asked, I am a PR guy, and I'm not a financial guy. My assumption is, you know, the mayor referenced Davenport yesterday, and I'm, I'm just assuming that smart people will look at this with the scrutiny that it deserves and that, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it'll, it'll make sense. You know, Paul mentioned that the numbers before and past broke down, didn't make sense. Obviously, they need to stand up this time. I'm, I'm not in a position to be able. And, and in fact, I don't even think we know what those numbers right. are. So. Josh, Davenport's an advisor to the to the mayor. They're not an independent view. They've given they they like the other deal. I mean, the fact of the matter is, we haven't seen somebody who doesn't not making any money. We haven't heard all the people that are friends of the mayor and friends to the politicians that are that are part of this stuff. I mean, if anybody thinks this is anything else right now except the usual thing, one thing we'll say about what we did with the Wilder thing, we gave it the honest call. We didn't take anything. We didn't have anybody in the game. We gave it the honest call, and that's why I got shot down. I'm not saying, am I making any accusations? I'm just stating a fact. There was, I am shocked, because I know the boulevard's connected to this somehow. It has to be. The lack of specificity, the fact that the council refuses to have any transparency. We complain about there's no transparency at the state level for gifts and stuff. Well, if that's weak, it's not existent at the council level. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, and this is a major decision that's being made by a handful of people when it should be made by the entire city, in my opinion. Josh, Josh, I'd like to ask you a question because we've heard the, the nay, but I'd like to hear a little bit about the bottom. Yeah. You're there. How long has Hodges been there? Real quick. Well, we've been in the bottom or slip for our entire existence, 11 years. 11 I worked for years. the Martin Agency down in the slip before that. So, yeah, so we've got an invested, a vested interest in the community. And, and you know what that area looks like. It's an area that has some difficulty because it uh, is, is, I guess, underdeveloped. It, it has some drainage issues. When I debated Charlie back, what was that, 2009, I guess? 2009 the last thing, at the JCC. Know, right. And we, I, I went around with my camera and I took photographs of all the boarded up buildings in the bottom to really make the case that we need something like this. We need a big project to really kind of spur, a, a, you know, a renewal of the bottom. I could go around and take those same photographs now four or five years later. Uh, we're not seeing, we're seeing little onesies and twosies. We're, we're seeing some... Uh, housing in the form of apartments and condos being built in infill, but we're not seeing uh, any sort of momentum that gets the bottom where it needs to go. So, you know, whether it's this project or something big, it has to be something big to pay for the infrastructure that you're going to need, from my understanding, from the engineers. Because it's in a floodplain, you just can't build a little one-off, two-off there. You need to have a significantly big project. And something we, we used to have a, a creek there, and that creek, right. by the way, was navigable to the point that ships could come up it, and that was what kept the bottom from flooding. When we culverted that, we created an issue, 
And now there's simply nothing you can do without doing major, major drainage work there. And I think there's there's $80 million in this plan, from what I saw. That, that looks like it is drainage. That is, it's going to address that. And so where does that $80 million come from if you're going it's to be doing something else? Yeah, down the drain. <laughs> so I, I would just would say, Chris, I, I've been, you know, following this for, you know, 10 years now. And we, you know, I... I, I get emotionally <laughs> invested in this because the plans that keep coming aboard, I mean, Calvin Jameson floated as a rendering of a ballpark on the, on the James River where the Midwest Vaco um, headquarters now is. And my business partner and I, we had recently started the business. We said, oh, we got to get behind this. That, that's beautiful. Uh, we brought in, um, we, we ended up forming this group called RBI mm-hmm. and um, uh, just a bunch of businessmen that were just trying to advance the idea of downtown baseball with the assumption that the, the, the diamond had seen better days. And there was an $18 million renovation on the books that was proposed. And um, uh, we thought we could do better. I mean, we, we travel to different cities. We see the different ballparks that communities no bigger than Richmond have. And we thought we could do better. We, we retained um, an architect from uh, Looney Rick's Kiss out of Memphis, does a lot of work in, in assessing minor league and major league ballparks. And we didn't tell him anything other than look around Richmond and where's the best place, do you think, for a ballpark. He said that not only was the bottom, which was not on our radar at all, he said not only was that site in the bottom the best location in Richmond, he said it was the best location he'd seen anywhere in the country. And so that's why some of the energy started getting around that. We really didn't appreciate back then, naive young guys that we were, how that would cleave the community and and how that would... William Byrd really picked this spot because it was it, it had some some something it right. had some kind yeah, exactly. of something exactly yeah <laughs> William Byrd and the, the the architect from Looney Rick's Kiss both had something in common and said yeah this is a great spot so listen we've been doing this for ten years and you know the numbers may not make sense one year and some other issues might be another year but we've lost one team already and we went a year without affiliated baseball and. You know, I think that's a real indignity to the community if we're thinking about um, going forward again without this. It seems like the price of affiliated baseball now is going to be a new ballpark. Minor league baseball was promised a new ballpark in Richmond. If this doesn't go through, what is it? What's the plan for the boulevard? I mean, uh, Virgil Hazlett uh, made it clear April of 2012 that the counties were not going to be involved in this. Well, Dick, Dick, he's Virgil, gone. Virgil's not elected, and, and although... And he's gone. No, but back he's gone. Yeah. But Dick Glover, really, who still sits on the Enrico Board of Supervisors, made it quite clear that they didn't want to deal with Richmond at all. And let me, let me, let me say this, because I, 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 I shocked Jimmy Barrett when I went on RVA the other day when he said... You, we you got appear pro- to have shocked Chris Hilbert as well. He well... Was, Something stunned when I he he mentioned it to me when I saw him the other day. Oh, he night. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, Barrett introduced me as president of baseball on the boulevard, which the website <laughs> doesn't even exist anymore. I don't think. Uh, I think we pulled it down, but he said, "I know what he's going to say, Charlie. What do you think about this plan?" And I said, "Well, I got news for you. You're sitting down. I mean, I'm willing to listen this time. One of the reasons I'm willing to listen is that I'm a baseball fan. Been one all my life, and if we lose this team." If the Eastern League bails, that's triple-A gone, double-A gone, and no more baseball in Richmond. And 
We would be the biggest city in America, other than Orlando, which has other entertainment options, obviously, without an affiliated baseball. Sure, and then that would open up, and that would open up the door wide open for a former Eastern League owner, Peter Kirk, to come in here with non-affiliated ball. And as much as I enjoyed visiting with Peter when I went and visited with him to learn more about non-affiliated ball, because we were in this patch we were in, and I said, right. maybe I can bring a non-affiliated team to Richmond and bridge the gap, if you will, or, or do something at least to bring baseball to Richmond. Even even Peter said, you know, we'd love to be there and, and we'll do it, but Richmond's a big town, and it's a great market, and somebody's going to show up. Well, if we lose this team, we'll, well, my, never, we'll never have minor league baseball. Minor league baseball would not let another affiliated team ever. come here because right. we've broken our promise to do and, that. And what the listener needs to understand is minor league baseball – is not just a term; it's an organization. Right. Okay, now and minor league baseball well, makes I the need decision to, I need on to where ask teams this, go. Let me ask for the people who are not here. There was another promise broken too, and it was uh, I don't know a couple hundred years ago, and that promise has to do with the history down there. I mean, there is a a lot of history in that area. I was talking to Dolores after um, the event, and Dolores asked her. I asked Dolores. I said, "Well." What happens when the first spade hits the ground and you find another Lumpkins, another Lumpkins slave jail? What happens when you find, um, you know, whatever artifacts are here and find out that this this whole area that is center field um, or that is where we were in field turns out to be an incredibly important spot? What happens? And she says, well, I, I don't know. She She said it wouldn't be a deal breaker for her. Which I thought was very interesting. That's shocking. No, she said it would not be a deal breaker. She's made well. First of all, but but she was concerned. She's made her deal. There's going to be contracts. Let's understand something else. Let's just put it on the table. There's no way a white mayor could build a baseball stadium in Shacklebox. You're not the first to say that. Okay, I'm not because I'm not the first to say because I'm because it's the truth. That's the way politics works. Now, whether we like it or not is not really is important to changing the future. It's just like when I had proposed, and you know, through the Wilder Bliley Commission, the elected mayor who was against it, Dwight Jones, Henry Marsh. They said it would lead to a white mayor. I mean, people throw this stuff out just just this way. But that's the, that's the reality. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't build a baseball stadium. It means you have to understand how the real world works. Number two, the argument that there's not going to be a baseball team in here, you know, if you don't build a new baseball stadium at Chaco Bottom, it's just a false argument. Okay. That's what minor league baseball is saying. Well, well minor league baseball can say, number one, it is true that the, that the um, – that uh, the Boulevard is the second oldest stadium in, tri- in, in, in class AA baseball. The only older one is Reading, Pennsylvania. It was built in 1951. It's being preserved as an historic baseball park. Everybody ours, ours else, is not. And, 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 well, and because There's nothing is, historic about the diamond. It's not historic. <laughs> Everyone else is. Sitting. Nonetheless, you still have, um, they're still doing a nice business. Uh, I don't see the squirrels complaining about their bottom line. Um, they're what, but as Josh says, We've broken a promise. And uh, of if course we we've broken if, a promise. If, but we, if we as a community okay. break it again. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait. The couple of politicians made the promise. The city of the people of Richmond didn't say, all right, well, we'll bet you baseball stadium. If the mayor wants to build it at Shaco Bottom, that's fine with us. There was no promise made by the people of the city. 
Yes, it was, because well, I, the representatives of well, the no, people well, made the promise. Really, and they came forward and saying that, I defy anyone to tell me where the city of, where the people of Richmond, through their representatives, said that you would get a new baseball stadium. You know, baseballs, a, ref, a, a refurbished stadium, an improved stadium. We got the average school in the city is, is built in 1955. So a 1985 school would not be considered too old. So a 1985 stadium is old relative to other things. There's no question. This is a decision of priorities to put it off on, well, we promised them a baseball stadium, and now we got to keep our promise, but we promised the history, but that's a promise we could make, but we said we'd do a museum, but we'll do a half of one. That's so you get into a situation where you, you, lose, you lose all your moral authority. We'd like to build a new baseball stadium. Who loses the moral authority? The moral authority is when you start deciding what no, promise. Who loses it? The base, the, the politicians that make it, because that's how you, when you elect somebody, you have to trust them up to some point, because nobody knows what the future is going to bring. You trust that they're going to make the right decision, but also they're going to make it the right way. So real quick, let's talk about the people. So I think this was very interesting. The Times, was it the Times-Dispatch that did the poll? Yeah, Times-Dispatch. And uh, that the mayor said, well, to heck with that. Which was interesting all by itself. I think that we had a pretty overwhelming majority of people saying no. And then, interestingly, with, I guess, Monday's announcement, you had a lot of people on social media kind of going wild about no. But then the most recent of the various polls, I'll call it a poll, uh, it seems to be Richmond.com. Um, is the one where a lot of people are, are voting. That's not a scientific poll. No, it's certainly not a scientific poll, so I, but neither was the Channel 6 poll. Neither was. Neither was. Neither was. The Goldman the Channel 6 poll. The Goldman poll. I never said it was scientific. Neither, neither was the Times-Dispatch poll. Nor was the Times-Dispatch poll. Why me not? Because there was no context. There was no context. Well, now we have in context. The yeah, but they should have done the poll after the. Wait a minute. Where's well, the context? There's, there's still no context because there's the no explanation about how you would pay for a. And what about what about, what the, about boulevard? the boulevard plan that was promised? See, that's a promise that you can break. You can't break one to Lou DiBella. You can't break one to the history of African Americans. When this is where Paul and I agree. They should have brought forth two plans. That was what they promised the people. That okay. And Josh, they, they, do you agree with that? I, I think that they, uh, the, I was disturbed by the poll's lack of context because you could have basically said, uh, do you want it in the, on the boulevard or do you want it uh, you know, overlooking the James River? I mean, you, there's been no plan, uh, a financial, financing plan for anywhere else other than the one we've just seen. So to say, where do you want it? I think you need to say, okay, if you want it on the boulevard, we're going to have to institute a, a penny sales tax or we're going to increase the bed tax or we're going to do something that that's our plan for funding it on the, on the boulevard. And we're going to have to in, engage the counties. We're going to raise the tolls in the Poet, whatever it is, at least let people make a decision between oh God, the quote-unquote... Don't, please don't bring the RMA into this <laughs> argument. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, it's easy took, to just we say... We took that $60 million from them. It's, e ballpark, it, it, it's easy to just say, what site do you want here and there without saying, look, here's the plan for each right, one. I think that's right. the more I think, I think the reasonable. TD, I, I mean, I'll do deference to the TD, but I think they jumped the gun on... No, you know what? Forget the due deference reference. They <laughs> jumped the gun on the polling. I don't think so. They were just trying to ask the people where you'd like... What, what, what you've got here is that people 
are relatively happy where baseball is now. That should be, uh, you know, something that would be somewhat um, self-evident. You got a lot of people going there. Most of the people come from the county. There's only 30% come from the city, so that it's very convenient to get. It's there. a shame that their leaders don't want them to have a say on where the baseball stadium goes, huh? What? The county. The county people. Well, so what? So now, now because the county won't give a say, the people of Richmond don't have a say. I mean, you can. No, you, the people of Richmond did have a say. No, they, they don't voted. have a say. They voted. Voted for what? They voted for Dwight Jones in the council. Well, and who do you think voted for the city for the for the supervisors in Henrico and Chesterfield? The same people. But their peep their their representatives said explicitly, "We want nothing to do with the baseball well, stadium." I, I don't think that's necessarily true because that's tied up with the RMA. The whole thing about getting different membership on the RMA, and they're mad that that fell out at the end of. The, Is that where Dick Glover's comments came from? The well, RMA deal. I, I, I know, I, 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 I know that's part of the problem. That was that whole thing about who's the... It was it, all wrapped up it's in the all same wrapped timeline. Up. Okay. You know, Charlie, you cannot have an argument when you just pick the facts that you want that support support your conclusion. I'm not saying... I learned you, that from you. <laughs> <laughs> he learned then, it then from you, Then you haven't Dad. learned it well enough. He learned it from you. <laughs> I'm kidding, Paul. That's okay. No, I'm not, do you, folks. Do you, think that, do you think that there's any scenario in the, in the near future in which the counties would write a check to pay for a third of the ballpark? Well, let's go back to the start. No. You know, I mean, they just uh, no, one. They just they just increased their taxes. Right, they, one just they did a meals failed the meals tax. Yeah, yeah. They just did. They both did a tax referendums. You love referendums. There were your referendums, baby. Right. <laughs> the, there were your referendums the for the right thing. for edu because they've got a gap in education. If you can't and, and in, see, in, here's in my your recent, intro, Paul. In my recent, if you can't teach your kids. Then what? Do, what business do you have building a baseball stadium? That was Henrico's answer. Well, you, you, you don't want to make Chesterfield. Well, in, well, in my well, recent okay, interviewing, we, in my yeah. recent interviewing with Chesterfield and Henrico, what I was told by top level administrators and elected officials with both was that they're perfectly interested in being involved in baseball, but that the economy is such that they simply cannot commit. And that is, it comes back to simply a question of what. Charlie just said, if you can't educate your kids, what business do you have getting involved and in let's, baseball? And let's go through that. You build a baseball stadium, you have this TIF district, 100 and all these taxes, of which a lot of the taxes you would have collected anyway, or at least some you could do it. And that could have gone to schools, but it's going to pay for this, pay for this project. Another thing that has never really been proposed, some of us tried, we've never really seen an alternative proposal for the bottom. We've, we, nobody in the administration, any administration, has put nearly as much time into coming up with, for instance, you could make Richmond a tremendous, the whole area, if you asked any expert, they wouldn't say build a baseball stadium here if you want to change the area. You make it a medical center. We have all the ingredients for that. It's going to be a huge industry over the next 20, 10 or 15 years. And, and, and 100 I've, years as and, long as people and, are and living. And I've made that proposal. You get nothing because you got the various kind of competition. Look, this is, this is the reason you're building a baseball stadium here is that the path of least resistance. And there's enough people with enough juice and enough money and enough interest that can coalesce around a baseball stadium. Well, it looks like a lot of it has to do with, and correct me if I'm wrong, some of it has to do with timing. You have right now an African-American mayor. You have right now a need to do something about the plumbing down there. 
Um, and you have right now an economy that's such that it's preventing the counties from doing something on the boulevard, coming up with their money. And they have said that if this could wait, we would be happy to be involved in it. So it looks like you have just an, an issue of timing. Could this wait? You know, why haven't we been able to do this for 10 years? We've had good economies and we've had bad economies. And here we are 10 years later. It really is a metaphor for the dysfunction of our region. And we've had, you know, uh, you know if you want to vote this down, okay, vote this down. But what's your plan? I mean, we have a corporate citizen in the squirrels that is doing a, just an incredible job contributing to this community. And by the way, I don't, you said I was an unabashed baseball fan. I absolutely am. But I don't believe this is an issue just for baseball fans. I think this speaks to the quality of the life of a region. Again, I go back to if we didn't have this, we'd be singularly embarrassed for not having it. So, you know, I give the mayor a huge amount of credit because unlike anybody of his predecessors, he has a plan and he's put it forward. We don't, we don't, we, we, we don't know what the, we, we don't know the specifics of the plan and it's a choice. You know, I have no doubt he'll share let, the specifics. Let, let's just let's just <laughs> let's just do it this way. What would be the best for this community, having the best school system or the newest baseball park? One of the let points me, that the me, mayor let, made let, yesterday yes, was that this was going to uh, create two hundred million dollars in incremental revenue that could be paying wait, wait, for wait, better no, schools. Wait, no, he said that's going to pay off, and it's going to be no, paying for schools no, and transportation. No, no, wait, wait, let, wait me, a let me let both both you guys stop. Not if you have an eighty. Please, one second. He did say one thing, and he used very, very interesting language. I was with a member of the press when he said it. He didn't say will be used for schools. He said could be used right, for schools. Right, of course. He's a politician. Okay. And, then, and think, think of it. You're going to get a free baseball stadium, or you're going to get all these roads and everything. How much public investment is that going to be? If you're paying for it. With bonds and whatever, over 10 or 20 years, the cost of the bonds will be double whatever the principal value is. So it's pretty close to the $180 million that they claim that they're going to be getting in the TIF district. The fact of the matter is you're building a baseball stadium because that's your higher priority. Now, it's obviously a lot cheaper to build a baseball stadium than fix up $700 million worth of schools. Uh, but where does the money come from for the schools? I mean, this is something Very simple. That you got a 700... I've already showed where the money is going to come from for the schools. If he put as much effort into helping me and Mark Warner and the governor convince the president and the vice president to get behind a simple change in the law that even Eric Cantor's figured out is useful. I'm not familiar with that, but I I don't know if that's mutually exclusive with this. (laughs) It is. It is. You could do it. You could do it if you wanted. What, it's what a Paul question has of, talked about and written about, and credit. actually, there's a, a bill. Is credit. the bill still before Congress? In, in, no, any form? no. I mean, they sort of. No one can do anything this okay. year. So why? Just for the listeners, for the for the listeners' edification as well as yours, Paul very smartly has put forward this idea that if you used historic tax financing or historic tax credits, you could redo older schools and have better schools uh, for, for in which to teach our children. I, I, on the same Can website. Can we not do that with a ball, new ballpark plan? I mean, you the, can't it, still do that? Could it, you not have them? Yeah, are they mutually exclusive? You can still exclusive? do the ballpark if you wanted. That's if you're going to do the TIF district and everything because essentially, but if you look on that same website. So then it would be more money for huh? schools. It would be more money for schools then, wouldn't we, it? We have enough money to fix up all the schools over the next 10 years. You can't do it all at once because you – we have enough money in the budget 
right now we give probably the lowest percentage of the city budget to schools at any time since segregation. You, can, you, you get more state money and federal money and those kinds of things. The fact of the matter is, is that it comes down to choices. The mayor and Henry Marsh, they thought they'd lose power to a new mayor, so they opposed giving African Americans the right to elect their mayor. Let's understand, and they accuse me of wanting to take away a right, and I said, well, how can I take away a right from people that they don't have? Okay, now that they're in, they love the job. They can hire all their friends. We got contracts that we don't even know about that are handed out. No one wants to talk about that. There's plenty of money to build the schools. Actually, we talk about the, that on this show. And, and, and um, so if you want a baseball stadium in the bottom, if you want a stadium at the boulevard, People could make the choice, but it shouldn't be sold as, you know, if we don't do this, Richmond's not going to have this, etc. It's a choice that you make. You like the choice, you live with it. I would just say that there, there needs seven council votes to approve this and that each council person has, um, you know, a constituency that can share their views with them. That's true. And so, uh, you know, I think that's the – and they talk about having some hear, hearings and public – um, venues and forums for discussing this. And I think, you know, this is not a done deal. This is not something that, uh, uh, you know, we, we still can't have continued discussion on. And the numbers need to, to, to uh, be vetted. To be vetted. And, but I, you know, I just keep coming back to, if not this, what and when? Because it's really an embarrassment for uh, us to be having this conversation 10 years after they took the $18 million renovation off the table, when, the, when the, actually the Braves, when Mike Plant, um, Turn that down. Right. I was around. Ten years. How many? (laughs) (laughs) One of of the problems, though, with the Braves situation was that that the baseball, the the Shaco Stadium plan that they bought into was bogus from the beginning. And I frankly believe that they knew that. That the people who they had anointed to pull this plan off didn't have either the experience or the backing. Well, the same it. thing happened in 09 with Bostick, because I don't think Brian had the experience or the backing to pull off buying the the team out of out of Connecticut. I, I just, I mean, and that's not a, a shot at Brian. That's just, I mean, we needed Lou DiBella to come in here and commit. And he committed to us. And I know this is some point of consternation with you, Paul, but... Our elected leaders committed to him, and they say it publicly. That's a very good question. I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer. Well, to they that. better have. Know. There's no such thing as a private commitment no, that's about true. about future I, spending. That's true. Without telling the taxpayers. By the way, you know uh, we're not just getting this uh, because uh, you know. Uh, what you see, we've also made a side deal that you're going to have to put up some money for. That's a fairly important The important fact. thing is that minor league baseball believes there was a commitment. Lou DiBella believes there was a commitment. The Squirrels believes there's a commitment. Uh, I think the mayor is operating as if there was a commitment made. And well, who given, what made you, it? given what you've said would about the mayor. So, so how long before we see how long before we see a, a boulevard? I mean, we, we waited. I think when when did when did we first start hearing that there was going to be a proposal? It was last January for right. for the bottom. How long before we see a boulevard proposal? I, I I would hope within sixty days we would see some sketch. 
You guys have any thoughts, predictions on that? I think they've already tanked the Boulevard proposal. You think there's not even going to be one? No, I think they've set it up so when it comes out, it'll be considered to be, well, of course, if we don't do the Boulevard, we, you know, we don't do the downtown one, we... We have this little scraggly thing we promised you all. So it's going to be the run. Really It'll be kind of stillborn. That's the way they did it. I mean, they did it as sort of an after. It's going to come out as an afterthought. Oh, yeah, that's right. The boulevard. Yeah, okay. You, you don't really want that. Thoughts? I have no insight into that other than to be excited about what the possibilities are out there. The things that are being discussed sound really exciting. And this kind of dual vision has me doubly excited about what the possibilities could be. So, Well, I think, I think, I, I think Chris, they would be seriously diminishing their let me say it this way i think chris they would be <laughs> screwing up big if they didn't see the retail residential live work play potential of the boulevard it seems like that's sort of what they're seeing if i'm if i'm not wrong right they're seeing I, I just, we I, need uh, to start development on the boulevard and and they seem to be moving in that direction right I'd now i'd like to There's, ask one i'd like to ask a question sure. real quick Real Go. quick, okay, Paul, and, and and then everybody chime in. We've been talking about Mayor Jones since we started this show six months ago, four or five months ago. Do you think he's got the votes? Do you think he knows he's got the votes? Yes. Do you think he would have gone? You think so? And stood on that platform yesterday no. without the votes? No. I okay. Think it, I think so he, tell me who votes against it and who votes for Don't tell me who votes for it, because that's, that's... Most people. Well, that's the majority. Tell me who votes against this thing in the end. Politically, who has to vote against this let's, in the end? Let's turn it around for a second. Let them think. Charlie, who do you think votes against it? I think in the end... Um, Parker Agilasto votes against it. And I think I know Park. I know Parker votes against it. Um, Do you think Charles votes for or against this? He's he's, in a he's tight stuck. Spot, isn't he's he? stuck. Samuels is stuck because you got Kane who held his seat. Held his seat. Supporting who's for it. it. Who's for it publicly? Charles is stuck. I, I think in the end. I think in the end, Charles votes. No. Wow. Okay. And I think he votes no because he's got pressures probably from the north side that are greater than a U.S. senator who is up the ladder. And, I think and he's Hilbert, got neighborhood. Hilbert, book. your other. Uh, I think I think Hilbert votes side. for it because Hilbert voted for the Redskins deal because he's going to try to make a better deal and come in and say, "Look what I did to make this deal better. I'm voting for it." All right. Josh? I mean, I, I'm, I'm a city businessman, but I'm not a city resident, so I really don't have the instincts that you guys have. Why are you on this show? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm being just ver- been downtown I've really been educated while. by the, um, you know, political views that you guys are sharing. So I don't have any views on that. Uh, Chris Hilbert was an LMR classmate of mine. I hope he does the right thing. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let him know. And, and Paul? Paul? I think Charlie's right on uh, Alagasta. I think to keep his credibility Agilasta. with a lot of people, uh, I think he probably has to be against it. Let's remember, you know, you need seven votes, so one person has a throwaway. And real quick, it's seven votes because this does deal with real estate. The, the, well, it deals with certain public property and under the Constitution of Virginia. Yeah. Just just gonna, for the listeners, it's going to so take understand. seven votes to as it took. Not to a get, simple majority, right? And. Um, 
so I think Reaver is fine. I think Reaver, you know, there's nothing that's going to affect the 8th District. She'll get something for the 8th District. So Reaver will vote yes. yes Reaver will vote yes because certain promises will be made. Reaver is a good representative for her district. She knows how the game is played, and that's how she gets there. The people that normally support the mayor are going to have to support the mayor. He's way out of there. They're going to have to say the right thing like Ellen and everybody else. Oh, we got to sharpen our pencil, and it's got to be good for this. And that's what you say. Uh, you have to say that. But in the end, the mayor knows all that. I think you got Charles Samuels and you got Hilbert. Uh, you know, can't they see themselves hail to the mayor? And Both so, of them are thinking about it. Well, so no, they, one's running for mayor, one's thinking about well, running for mayor. Well, you know, everybody can see, you know, let's just say they're... You got nine mayors they have, in waiting. They have dreams of being, uh, dreams of being mayor. And so... They've got to calculate. They've got to raise the money to run. How big is this? It's going to open in 2016, right? Right in the, in the mayor's year. Everybody's going to probably love it at that time. The business community will make sure there's sellouts all the way to the election. Everything in the world is going to be done to have a great send-off. So what do you think? Just Parker is going to vote against it? I think Parker, I think he almost has to do it based on how many people he sort of are expecting him to sort of be that person, but it's a throwaway, you know, and there's one other person. There's always one other person can see the mayor or do something, you know, as uh, Charlie's saying, it could be Sam's, it could be somebody who figures, all right, I'm not going to kill the deal. So nobody can accuse me of killing the deal. But I can be seen as that person who stood up to the mayor. I can be seen as the person who stood up for the mayor, play that political card. There's a lot of people thinking along those lines. All right. So with that, we're going to have to wrap it up. Any last-minute thoughts before we go? I don't want to leave anybody out. Anyone? 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 Not hearing any. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. We've been with Josh Dare. He's with the Hodges Partnership, and uh, he's uh, going to be getting a good view of, of uh, right field once this <laughs> thing is built, if it gets built. Chris, I'm just sorry. One more thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Gil, Hodges, you Gil Hodges, first base, not pitcher. Uh, I'm sure there's some Dodger fans really, out there. Did that you were... really say pitcher? <laughs> I think I did say pitcher. Yes, you did in the beginning. Let's just slide. Well, we'll no, we're going to have I'm, to edit. I'm a soccer fan. What can I say? Anyway, you can stay quiet. <laughs> soccer. Go Arsenal. Anyway, so <laughs> who's going to have that good view? Like I said, and then I've been with Paul and uh, Paul Goldman. He's a former advisor with uh, Mayor Wilder, Governor Wilder, whichever you want to call him. And, of course, uh, he's also a, f- a baseball fan and, and has seen a couple of baseball proposals in his day. And lastly, I've been with Charlie, my co-host. He's an advocate in the past for baseball. And he may have fallen one way or another off that fence towards one direction or Still another. Haven't. And I still haven't. Still haven't. Okay, so we'll know soon. Under maybe. review. Under review. All right. So that's it, folks. I'm your host, Chris Dovey, and thank you guys again for a good show. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for coming in. Thanks for having us. Great conversation. Lazy stadium night Catfish on the mouth Strike radium And that's RVA Report for Thursday, November 14th, 2013. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Dovey. RVA Report is co-produced by myself, Charlie Dirador, and Brittany Tracy. The Richmond Public Media News Team is Brittany Tracy, Cameron Vigliano, and Anafrio Castilla. News keeps happening, which means there will be plenty more to talk about next week right here on RVA Report. Join us. Like catfish can.